This episode is brought to you by Disney+. Plus. For the Bell family, basketball is everything. But can they navigate the game of life together? Based on Kwame Alexander's critically acclaimed best-selling novel and narrated by David Diggs, The Crossover. Streaming Wednesday, April 5th, only on Disney+. Plus. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Choices are great. Like with your podcasts, you get to choose what you want to listen to. And State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. That's why the State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you get the coverage you want at an affordable price and a policy that helps cover what you value most. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com today to create your State Farm Personal Price Plan. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. The Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. You want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close. Put your enemies closer. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia, episode number 40 of Purple Mafia today. So, a new milestone. For us here at Purple Mafia. Today is Monday, September the 7th, 2009. Memorial, no, excuse me, Labor Day. <laughs> I always like to tease about that. It is Labor Day. So unfortunately, yep, it's kind of the classic end of the summer holiday. There's Memorial, which begins the summer, Labor, which ends it. So unfortunately, that's where we're at in terms of the summer. But the good part about Labor Day is it welcomes the National Football League regular season. Yes, the regular season for the National Football League is upon us now. All right, well, first and foremost, on Purple Mafia, we are available on thesportstuff.com. There is a button on the front on the front page of the website on the right side that says TSS Sports. Click on that. That is how you can become a member of thesportstuff.com. That is how you can interact with me and other podcasters. You can vote on our polls, and you can get into... Uh, Anything you want, any sports you want, basically. But I'd love you to please be active on Purple Mafia and the Minnesota Vikings section. All right. Also available on iTunes is Purple Mafia, as you may have noticed by now. Ratings doing pretty darn good. Very excited about that, as always. Um, yeah, it's it's terrific. Also, though, today on today's show, episode number 40, we are going to talk about... Briefly about the Minnesota Vikings and Dallas Cowboys game. Not going to go too much into that because we're going to get into the final cuts, which is more important at this point in time. I mean, the fourth game, well, the quarterback thing would have been more important had Brett Favre not be here. But, yeah, he is here. Uh, So we're going to get into the quarterback thing. All four quarterbacks are going to be a Viking, but one of them will be on the practice squad. Also, though, we are going to preview... The NFC North, that's right, the Norris Division. The NFC North will preview that. Uh, not super heavy into detail, but heavy enough. So 
with no further ado, we'll get into the game and the final cuts right after this. Here on thesportstuff.com, the new fast-breaking wolves are bursting on the scene with Timberwolves Explosion. Hear about this exciting new era with Al Jefferson, Kevin Love, Johnny Flynn, and new coach Kurt Rambis. Check us out on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes, where we cover the wolves like nobody else. Show your true blue, download and listen to this explosion of Timberwolves basketball. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 40, which is a reminder for iPod users. Great to have you on board once again. Also, real quick, if you would like to uh, give us a call, we'd like you to call our voicemail, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. That is our phone in lines here for thesportstuff.com. Please treat it as a voicemail. Name which show you're calling into, which is Purple Mafia. And state your shout, your uh, your comment, question, shout out, whatever it may be. Keep it to about a minute, and it will be played here on Purple Mafia. And your voice will be with mine, and uh, we'll have a little conversation. That'd be terrific. All right, on to the game first, and then we'll get into the cuts. And also, after a quick break, another quick break, we will get into the NFC North preview. So that is the gist of the show today. Well, in the fourth and final preseason game, a lot of people would say it's the uh, the least important one. The Minnesota Vikings were losers, 35-31 to the Dallas Cowboys. Vikings and Cowboys exchanged touchdowns in the somewhat early going. John Kitna. So John Kitna, a Detroit Lions nemesis, the guy who once said he was going to throw 50 touchdowns. Unfortunately, Tom Brady was the man to do that, not John Kitna. He was able to get... To Ogletree, how about that kind of name? Ogletree, <laughs> five-yard touchdown pass from Kitna. So, gotta love that. Tavares Jackson was then able to hit Jeff Dugan on a 36-yard play. That was that was outstanding. I mean, that was a bit surprising. A little bit of a... I mean, you don't really see Jeff Dugan with a play like that very often. Uh, yeah, Tavares Jackson, to me, is looking more and more like a guy you know I want on this team, and I'm very happy... That the Vikings did retain him. He was in for a very short time. Basically, the impression you get from that is, is, hey, this guy, Tavares Jackson, has won a job on this roster. They're going to keep him around. Only only passed the ball four times, competed it twice, of course, with that touchdown. Nothing spectacular, but it's basically like this guy's going to stick around. So now it's Sage Rosenfeld and John David Booty. Neither one of them looked very sharp, folks. Neither one of them looked sharp. Each of them threw a pick six, which, of course, is a uh, <laughs> interception for a touchdown. Very, very lame. Kind of almost not too far apart from each other either, which is extremely frustrating. It just, <laughs> that was, of course, early in the third quarter, early in the second half. Vikings had a pretty commanding lead, 21-7, to as uh, Ian Johnson got his first touchdown early in the second quarter. Goal line. So, of course, yep, I'm trying to keep this brief making it 14-7, to and then Darius Raynaud was able to return a punt. That that guy absolutely has won a job, Darius Raynaud. Looking pretty good on special teams. Looking pretty good on special teams, and he's also actually not a bad receiver. He will be playing on Sundays for the Minnesota Vikings. Not cut, 
was Darius Green, uh, nor was Jamar Johnson. So I'm kind of overlapping a little bit, if that's okay, folks, because yeah, this wasn't exactly, cla- uh, you know, this wasn't exactly high quality football. <laughs> Not exactly. So yeah, as mentioned, as we head into this, the the uh, the second half, it went from a 21 to seven game to a 21-21 game within about three minutes. As Sage Rosenfels and John David Booty both threw interceptions to Nick Folk. They threw it, or excuse me, what am I talking about? That's the kicker. Duh. Pat Watkins got an interception from Sage Rosenfels. Steve Octavian with an interception. Octavian, I love that name. John David Booty basically threw it right to him. Just spectacular. The helicopter Sage Rosenfels and last chance Jackson. Those are the two guys that will be the... uh, the main backups for Brett Favre, John David Booty, did not make a good case for himself at all in this particular day, especially with that horrendous pass. Uh, <laughs> not very good. Ian Johnson, though, was able to get his second touchdown of the game. This guy, you pretty much, I mean, you you assume this guy is at very least going to be on the practice squad, but also it's like, wow, maybe this guy will make the NFL roster right away. Two touchdowns, 16 yards for Ian Johnson. Outstanding game. For him, as Ian, well, actually, I guess it wasn't super outstanding. He got a lot of rushes, as did Albert Young. It was more or less they got the ball a lot, I guess. Because <laughs> when you got Tavares, Sage, and John David Booty, you don't want to pass too much. But Ian made the better impression, you got to say. He averaged 3.6 yards a carry. Albert Young, only 2.9. Albert Young, a 55 yards. Not too bad, though. Not too bad. The guy looks like a solid backup running back, does Albert Young. Albert Young will be playing on Sundays. Ian Johnson was on the final cuts, but he made the practice squad. Ian Johnson will be heading to the practice squad for the Minnesota Vikings. But overall, this game wasn't a very well-played game. Ryan Longwell was able to add a 31-yarder, I'll mention. Vikings were able to take a 31-21 lead, and it was like, okay, cool, things are going to be okay, maybe. And then Carpenter was able to hit Scott Chandler, for a touchdown to make it after a pretty solid drive by Carpenter, by the way. He was the player of the game overall, you got to say. He was a, maybe he'll be the main backup over there in Dallas. I mean, uh, you know, they actually have solid backups now in Dallas. Brad Johnson was horrible last year. Brooks Bollinger and Brad Johnson, that was pretty much the end of the line for the Dallas Cowboys last year when Tony Romo was out and they had to depend on Brad, Rick and Johnson, and Brooks Bollinger. It's like, you know, you don't necessarily want former Viking backups to be your quarterbacks because it's not like Fran Tarkington and Tommy Creamer were here, you know, like, say, like in the late 70s. It just wasn't quite like that. It wasn't even Brad Johnson in his prime and Jeff George in his prime. No. So, yeah. I'm just kind of bouncing around, but that's because I can. I'm kind of a random guy at times, so deal with it. No. <laughs> um, yeah, this was kind of a pretty tough... Pretty tough finish to this game for the Minnesota Vikings, as uh, when the Vikings still were up 31 to 28, they're clinging to the lead. Chris Cluey, Chris Cluey's punt was returned by Jesse Holly, Jesse Holly, 82 yards, 82 yards, with about three minutes left in the ball game, and that was pretty much all she wrote after a couple of unimpressive attempt after an unimpressive attempt by John David Booty down the stretch. The guy. Did not impress anybody, nor did Sage Rosenfels. Um, I can't say I'm all too impressed with Sage Rosenfels. And I'm a little irritated that 35 points were given up in this game. Though, you can't blame the defense when there's interceptions and return punts. Uh, special teams, again, man, 
once again, the special teams could be an issue for this team. I, I mean, they are better than last year. And who can forget the uh, the uh, infamous Reggie Bush game? But uh, not good. Not good at all. No. Very, very frustrating. Marcus McCulley played his last game with the Minnesota Vikings. He had three tackles in the game. He was released. Sanford did make the team. Abdullah made the team. David Heron with five tackles in this game did not make the team. David Heron did not make the team. Unbelievable for that. Um, a lot of people were a bit surprised. Aaron Henderson did make the team again. So EJ's younger brother made the team, but he's out a month. Yeah, Aaron Henderson's out a month. So a lot of people are a little bit surprised. You'd maybe at least want to keep David Heron for a month. Uh, he's been a he's been a solid backup linebacker the last two years and on special teams, but he's gone. So that's pretty much all there is to it. Garrett Mills was cut. So that's another major one right there. Latroy. Guyan, that's my guy, with a sack in the game. He's a Minnesota Viking again. He will be playing on Sunday. It's Latroy Guyan. So if there ever is, if there ever is a Ronald Reagan tear down that Williams wall, a four-game suspension for the Williams wall, I think Latroy Guyan will be a nice backup tackle. I mean, the guy gets sacks. He, he he's kind of like a Kevin Williams in that sense. He'll get sacks when he's in there, and he'll get tackles. I really like Latroy Guyan. I think he has a future in this league. My the guy to replace Pat Williams, because we know Pat Williams is not going to play forever. Patrick Williams, who is 34, going on 35 pretty quick here. Um, we know how linemen can last a while in the league, but sometimes they just don't, especially guys that are kind of out of shape, like Pat Williams. They're a little, yeah, he's a little bit out of shape, you could argue. Uh, the other guy with the sack, as I mentioned, Jamie Mitchell. So that's how things stand there. Because now we're going to head into the final roster here. So mainly, yeah, now we're going to get into the cuts, as I mentioned. Um, John David Booty was cut last Saturday, this previous Saturday. So he was one of the most notable cuts. Um, as mentioned, also, Marcus McCauley was a very no- notable cut. He is, I believe, being claimed as we speak. John David Booty will be joined by Colt Anderson, Chris Clark, Chris Clark excuse me, that's kind of a tongue twister. Drew Radovich will be sticking around again. Drew Radovich, again, will be sticking around. He will be on the practice squad. Ian Johnson, you can't let him go. I'm glad we kept him. He's got he's got a little future in this league. Uh, Tremaine Johnson made enough of an impression to stick around. Garrett Mills will be kept on the practice squad. The guy can catch the football. He just can't seem to stay healthy. And Nick Moore is a guy I talked about earlier. A few shows back, he you know he made a nice impression. Wide receiver Nick Moore, I kind of like him too, and I'm glad the Vikings kept him around. Very very cool. Radovich, unfortunately, last year was on injured, injured reserve. He's never really had any. I don't think he's played a single game in the NFL yet. But he's you know he's trying to get he's trying to get on this team, and he's still on the payroll for the Minnesota Vikings. So very cool that the Vikings were able to keep John David Booty just in case we do need him long term maybe going into next season because of the because uh, of Brett Favre you know Brett Favre is going to be 40 very quick here and um, it's going to be real interesting folks it's going to be real interesting how things uh, move around this this coming off season Brett Favre is a player option so <laughs> Brett Favre player option you know yeah, Brett Favre has always had a player option in the NFL if you know what I mean it's always <laughs> the last four or five years have been a player option, you could you could argue, for Brett Favre. 
So now we go into the quarterbacks. We have three quarterbacks in the active roster. Of course, Brett Favre, the main starter. Tavares Jackson and Sage Rosenfelds. Now, it looks like it's going to be exactly what I expected and what I've been talking about on the air. Other people have been saying the same thing. And it's not because I'm copying them. This was my opinion going in without even listening to the radio or reading the newspaper. Tavares Jackson will be the emergency backup. So he's like the microwave off the bench, the in-game backup. If, say, something happens to Brett Favre, maybe his... uh, Elbow, you know, like when he hurt his elbow against the Dallas Cowboys a few years ago. Like I mentioned, when he's last season of the Green Bay Packers, um, when Aaron Rodgers went in, uh, Tavares Jackson will be the emergency backup, the microwave off the bench. Last chance Jackson, as that's his new nickname that I gave him last year when he played against the Detroit Lions and saved our season, you could argue, at the, at that time. He saved our season. He also ended it you know, against Philadelphia. <laughs> and then helicopter, the helicopter Sage Rosenfels. Of course, do look it up. Helicopter, Sage Rosenfels on YouTube. They'll know why I'm calling him that if you didn't hear my previous show call, called Quarterback Situation Alarming for the Vikings. Helicopter, Sage Rosenfels will be the uh, the official backup. Like, say, if Brett Favre flat out cannot play for a couple games or, like, the next game or whatever, Sage Rosenfels will start at quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. And then Tavares is the backup in that sense. So, yeah, you have the emergency backup and the regular backup. So both quarterbacks could see playing time should things head that direction. Brett Favre, in his career, has not missed a game when he's had the option to play. So ever since he's been in Atlanta Falco or a Green Bay Packer, he has not missed a game. We're talking circa 1992. Yes. Well, there are three running backs on the roster, and as expected, Albert Young joins Chester Taylor Nafahu Tahi. And, of course, Adrian Peterson for that position. Of course, Navajo Tahi is the starting fullback. He also sees some help with guys like Jeff Dugan and Jim Kleinsasser, who are kind of tight end fullbacks. They're blocking backs, basically, is what they are, blocking back tight end. Um, yep, he'll see help from those two guys. Jeff Dugan, who made that 28-yard play last game. That was quite surprising, to be honest. I never expected that. Um, but, yeah, Albert Young is a Minnesota Viking, finally. A regular season Minnesota Viking, the Iowa player. Nice player for the Iowa Hawkeyes a few years ago. Number 34, Albert Young, will see time on special teams because he finally proved his worth on special teams. And the Vikings will be keeping six wide receivers. It happened, folks. It happened. As Darius Raynaud and Jamar Johnson will join Bobby Wade, Percy Harvin, Bernard Berrien, and Sidney Rice, Darius Raynaud, and Jamar Johnson on the roster. And, of course, Vasante Shenko, the starting super-duper tight end for the Minnesota Vikings. Very excited to have him around. And uh, as for linemen, no real surprises here at all. Ryan Cook making the team. Corey Lichtensteiger. That's a quite of a... It's quite of a surprising name, making the roster instead of Dean Cooper, very interestingly, at center. So, a little bit of confusion there. Or so things stand right now. I'm not really sure about this now that I'm looking at it, but uh, it looks like that's the case at this point in time. Forgive me if I have something wrong. Of course, the other guys, Phil Oldholt, Colin Luffer, who of course is the long snapper and backup center, potentially Brian McKinney, John Sullivan, and um, Steve Hutchinson, of course. Artis Hicks back with the team again. He's been here a while now since uh, Chile took over the former Philadelphia Eagle, Artis Hicks, and Anthony Herrera on board again. 
Of course, no more Marcus Johnson as he left last year. No surprises at all on the defensive line. Jimmy Kennedy, Jamie Mitchell, Brian Robinson, and Latroy Guyon will join the, the, the regulars. Jared Allen, Ray Edwards, Fred Evans, Patrick, and Kevin Williams on the defensive line. That is a pretty awesome defensive line. Pretty deep. As I mentioned, you know, guys like Fred Evans and Latroy Guyon are just wonderful backups at the defensive tackle position. And even Jimmy Kennedy is a, is a nice fill-in. Brian Robinson, of course, major energy off the bench at the defensive end position. And Jamie Mitchell can also play. Yeah, and Jamie Mitchell is also a nice defensive end. So, I mean, that is just some awesome depth on that line. It's not only good, it's deep. Very impressive. Off to linebackers, Jasper Brinkley, the exciting rookie from South Carolina. This guy is going to be a stud, I think, at very least on special teams. If he'll join fellow and, long, and uh, you know, not not long time, but kind of long time. He's been here about four years. Heath Farwell, who's been a Pro Bowl uh, special teamer. We boy did the Vikings miss him last year. But, yeah, they have Farwell and Jasper Brinkley. We hope we won't be giving up too many of those punt and kickoff return touchdowns anymore. We hope to God. Um, Kenny Onatolo is a slight surprise making the team. Not bad at all. The rookie, undrafted rookie, not bad. Glad to have him on board. Ben Lieber, Aaron Hender, or E.J. Henderson, and Chad Greenway, of course, the starters. Ben Lieber, I love him. He's just been a nice veteran for this team. And Aaron Henderson, again, on the Minnesota Vikings. Aaron Henderson returns. So hopefully it's not just because he's the brother of E.J., but that he has actually earned it. Um, yeah, I've, I've always liked Aaron Henderson in the short time I've seen him. I've liked what I see from him, and that's cool. Glad to have him on board. Hussein Abdullah as we now head to the secondary, is back on the Vikings again. This uh, has this guy has been a special team stud, and he's a nice backup safety. I like him quite a bit. Uh, Asher Allen knows, I mean, obviously he's the future, uh, he's the future nickelback for this team, and he might be a future star later on. Asher Allen's outstanding. Eric Frampton is back again as well. He has been very solid. Carl Pema is here. Carl Pema is a Viking. Benny Sapp, Medea Williams, are on the team. Of course, Marcus McCulley is not on the team. And of course, the kickers, well, Chris Cluey and Ryan Longwell, no surprise there. So at least this time going in, the secondary is healthy. Medea Williams is healthy, thank God. Great to have him on board. Um, yeah, there was some debate on who the Vikings were going to keep uh, in the secondary and how many players they're going to keep. Sanford does stick around, Jamarcus Sanford, so glad to have him around. I was pretty happy with what I saw from him. Some people a little surprised Carl Payne here, but not superly. I mean, he, he he's an alright player. So, we'll see how things go. A big question and big hope is that Tyrell Johnson will be, will fill in well as the starting safety now, the strong, or excuse me, free safety to replace Darren Sharper. We know Tyrell Johnson had to replace Matthew Williams the first four games last season after that injury to Matthew from Maryland. We have lots of Maryland guys in this team. <laughs> of course, the the Hendersons and Madiu. So, good stuff there. So, that is your final roster for your Minnesota Vikings. Great, great, uh, great depth on this team. Very exciting. Um, one of my biggest concerns always will be special teams. Can't be giving up those long, those long returns for touchdowns. So, we hope and pray that can get done. Of course, receivers need to catch the ball this time, guys. Bernard Berrien needs to uh, 
you hope and pray he's gonna he's gonna drop the ball as much as he had as he did last year. Percy Harvin, hopefully he can get rid of that little alligator arm issue he had in the corner of the end zone when Brett Favre threw a perfect pass to him in the Houston Texas game, Texans game. So, yeah, and it was in Houston Texas, wasn't it? But yeah, whatever. You get the idea. Um, that's the idea now for the Minnesota Vikings going into the the cuts. So now. We will go into the NFC North preview right after this. Here on the SportsDuff.com, we're turning up the tempo on Brave the Wild. A new era has come to the state of hockey with new attitude, Martin Havlin, a more open style with coach Todd Richards, and a new philosophy in general manager Chuck Fletcher. We're available on the SportsDuff.com and on iTunes. Answer the call and get ready to brave the wild. And we are back here on Purple Mafia episode 40. A reminder for iPod users. All right, let's get into the NFC North preview. This this show might be a tiny bit longer than the last couple of events. I've tried to keep it around a half hour-ish. This one might get, this one might get up to 40, 45-ish, so... A little warning in advance to some of you out there. Because, you know, we were doing a division pre. We, we got to do it. All right. Well, I already previewed the Minnesota Vikings or talked about the Minnesota Vikings. So you get the idea. I mean, that's what we do on this show. So now we're going to get into a team that's going to be one of our arch nemesises going in. The Chicago Bears. Yes, the Chicago Bears who added Jay Cutler uh, to the mix. That's their major addition. Their defense is very solid but is getting older. That's a concern with them. Their coach is very solid, but but is it perfect? Uh, he picked the right guy to quarterback his team last year, and that's why the Chicago Bears were back in playoff contention last season. They also have a running back named Adrian Peterson on their roster, who did fairly well as a backup last year. Um, <laughs> Garrett Wolf is a solid special teams guy. A lot of people kind of talk about him a lot. I don't know why this one goofball calls into KFAN. Talks about him a lot. Uh, enough of that, though. Matt Forte is an elite stud running back from Tulane, of course. The guy's a stud. He's also large, like Adrian Peterson, six foot two, two sixteen, a very tall guy for a running back. Um, that's your number one threat for the Chicago Bears overall. He's 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 your star. He's your stud, Matt Forte. There's no doubt about it. Um, and of course, Jay Cutler, who's kind of kind of a he's kind of bipolar man. He's he's hot and cold. He gets. Uh, He's he's happy and upset like every other day. He, he not sure what to think of the son of a gun at times. Um, I think it's more Josh McDaniel's fault that he left Denver because you know your coach needs to needs to not be bipolar as your goofball young quarterback. Uh, Jay Cutler though had a career year last year, eclipsing 4,500 yards, all 16 games played, of course, 25 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, but he had better receivers in Denver. Now, Brandon Marshall, you can say what you want about him. He's kind of been having some interesting issues over there. <clears throat> and uh, Eddie Royal, well, Eddie Royal's a hot and cold player as well. That can get quite frustrating. Um, and things are kind of getting weird with Devin Hester, too, a little bit. Uh, not sure exactly what's going on over there with him. He, he he's, your, he's the best receiver on this roster, but he's mostly known for being a... Uh, being a uh, kick returner. That's mostly his thing. Uh, they have a couple of nice tight ends in, in Chicago, of course, in uh, 
Desmond Clark, who's a 11-year veteran, and, of course, Greg Olson, who's a young up-and-comer out of Miami. Not too bad at all in that sense. Those are probably going to be two of Jay Cutler's main targets because when you look at their wide receivers, you're just, like, wondering, okay, who, what, who, what, where, when, you know, I mean, hmm, not seeing much, not seeing much for the Chicago Bears right now. I mean, it's a lot of no-names, man. Lots of rookies, lots of no-names, lots of veterans who haven't really done much. Uh, they don't even have Mushin Muhammad anymore. So, not really sure what to say there. Uh, they did add Orlando Pace last season. And, uh, you know, he's getting older. He's 33 already, man. I remember when he was taking number one overall. But, yeah, he's getting older. And, uh, I don't know. They the, the Bears' offensive line held up nicely, though, for Matt Forte to have a huge year last year. Uh Overall, though, their defense has, has been their backbone for quite a long time. Wally Agunlia, he, he, he's getting older, you know. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, yeah, well, Lance Briggs is still in his prime. He's probably their, their best linebacker right now. Brian Urlacher's getting a little older. He's 31, but he seems like he's older than that, to be honest with you. Those are your stud linebackers overall. Nick Roach is pretty good. Um, yeah. Those are kind of your main focus of the Chicago Bears right now. Uh, overall, though, this team still has a you know this this team has some holes. They have talent, but they also have holes. Um, I see the Chicago Bears and Green Bay Packers really duking it out for second place. They they, they can compete for first. I mean, you never know just how good they're going to be. But right now, I see Green Bay and Chicago kind of being neck and neck, right around the nine to ten win range, possibly. They could also be six, seven, and nine, and eight and eight. Uh, the Bears could easily be seven and nine this year. That'd be very disappointing. And uh, of course, Lovey Smith could be on the hot seat if that were to be the case. So that's one thing to look at with the Chicago Bears. Now we go with the team that I think could be the top uh, competition for the Minnesota Vikings this season: the Green Bay Packers. And that has a lot to do with their offense. Their offense looks pretty darn good in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers it was a stud last year. He, there's no doubt about it. A lot of people look at him as the third or fourth best quarterback in fantasy football. Now, of course, you need to be good in you know in the regular game, not just in not just stats. But yeah, Aaron Rodgers, his first year as a starter, over 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, and only 13 interceptions. Quarterback rating about 94. So the guy can play, and he has definitely proven himself. And uh, the Packers have a nice future with Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely. He's only 25 years old. Ryan Grant is a fairly talented running back. You know, you could definitely uh, say that. After that, though, the depth, I think the Packers do have a depth issue at receiver. Um, thing, another thing with Ryan Grant, yeah, he'll get the yards, but, well, he had eight touchdowns in, in 07 during that awesome season with Brett Favre, but only four last year. Eclipsed a 1,200-yard ratio or yeah, twelve hundred yard plateau. But the guy, the guy's inconsistent, and he his he only carried or his yards per carry three point nine, not horrible. But when it's under four, that's not great. He also fumbled four times last season. So, mm, I mean, he's not somebody you put a billion dollars into. Uh, he looks like he is owed five point one million this year. Not the worst player ever, but uh, we're just gonna have to wait and see on that. Donald Driver, a veteran, an aging veteran who's 34, but still a nice veteran receiver for the Green Bay Packers and a guy that Aaron Rodgers will look to target again. A 1,000-yard receiver last year, 
he's been a thousand receiver several years in a row now. He's had a nice run. Only five touchdowns, though. And with uh, 28 to go around, that's not that many. And that brings us now to Greg Jennings, who has been a, uh, who's a stud. He's a young stud. Second round pick in 06 by the Green Bay Packers. And, uh, yeah, he had 12 touchdowns in the Brett Barvier in 07, that huge year. He, a little bit under 1,000 yards that year. But last year, almost 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns. He, the guy is a stud receiver. And I really, he's a guy I definitely worry about when the uh, Vikings and Packers run into each other twice this season. So, uh, yeah. I definitely fear the pass game in Green Bay. There's also talk about, uh, well, Donald Lee was the main tight end last year. He had about 350 yards and five touchdowns. But now we get into Jermichael Finley, who's only 22 years old. And it looks like he is the next, he's the tight end of the future in Green Bay. And he will be a favorite for Aaron Rodgers coming into this year. Last year he was little used, was Jermichael Finley. Only six catches for 74 yards and a touchdown. Um... But, yeah, that's definitely a guy to watch out for. He looks to be a pretty good threat as the time, as the time goes on here. And of course, the, the Packers also add B.J. Raji to the mix. Now he is signed, and he is a part of the mix. Could be a big threat. A nice addition to the Green Bay Packers. I think the last couple of years they made some nice draft picks. Um, he, is a, not a, he is a defensive lineman, B.J. Raji, out of Boston College. And, of course, they also added uh, A.J. Hawk a few years ago. Yeah, and through the draft, that's a guy who's been a big factor for the Green Bay Packers. A team, you know, a team I think will be the top competition for the Minnesota Vikings this year. I'm not going with the Bears. I'm going with the Packers because Aaron Rodgers is better and more proven than Jay Cutler, believe it or not, even only after one year. And even though Cutler's been playing for about three, um, you know, starting for about three, uh, yeah. I think Green Bay Packers will be the team the Vikings need to beat if they're going to win this division. I, I really do. It's going to be a very interesting season because the Packers have talent at every position. They they do. I know that's something that a lot, not one of you, not a lot of people want to hear, but they absolutely do. Uh, their kickers, though, are extremely young, and that's not always a good thing. Mason Crosby and Jeremy Capinos. Jeremy Capinos. So, um, who played for Joe Paterno in Penn State. But, yeah, um, that's pretty much the deal there. The Green Bay Packers, probably that's the one issue right there is the kickers are super young. Other than that, this could be a really good team <laughs> next year. Watch out for the Packers. I was pretty surprised with how they finished last year record-wise. Now, a team that anybody would be surprised with the way they finished last year because, you know, 2-14... and 14, are three and thirteen, four and twelve, maybe for the Detroit Lions, but zero and sixteen? Are you serious? With John Kitna, who was, was a solid starter, uh, Kelvin Johnson, who was a pretty darn good uh, receiver, a stud receiver, to be honest. And you know, man, unbelievable. Well, John Kitna is a Dallas Cowboy now, so that's the end of that. Dante Culpepper added mid-season to a two a two-year deal to kind of have be a band-aid quarterback. But ladies and gentlemen, as of today, Matthew Stafford is the starting quarterback for the Detroit Lions. First overall pick, Matthew Stafford will be the starting quarterback for the the Detroit Lions. So we're going to have to wait and see how things turn out there. It's going to be very interesting as the Vikings will take on the Detroit Lions in the second game of the season. And you hope and pray, you pray to God, (laughs) 
that the Lions don't end their losing streak against the Minnesota Vikings in Detroit. That would just suck. That would just absolutely suck. Uh, Drew Stanton, of course, the third-string quarterback in Detroit. They have a nice young running back who I like a lot. Kevin Smith is a pretty darn good guy, a pretty darn good player. Definitely somebody I fear with about 976 yards last year, eight touchdowns. He you know, He's going to be the main focus on their offense this year other than Calvin Johnson. You know, he adds, definitely adds at, at very least, you know, he, he's, he's definitely uh, somebody who can take pressure off Calvin Johnson, who overall is, you could say, is kind of by himself over there. I mean, Dennis Northcutt, he's kind of an old guy. That's another receiver. He's a, retur- he's a returner as well, getting old. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be about Kelvin Johnson, Kevin Smith, and, of course, Matthew Stafford this year. Those three guys, it's, there it is, your quarterback, receiver, running back right there. And um, <laughs> as for the Detroit Lions defense, well, they've got a long, long, long way to go. And the offensive line has a really, really long way to go. A lot of people were afraid for the rookie, Matthew Stafford, because, you know, if this defense or offensive line was any better than it than it was last year, because, of course, it was terrible, Kevin Smith would have probably had about 1,300 yards and 11 to 12 touchdowns, I think. So that's definitely something that is a work in progress for these Detroit Lions. And um, that's where I'm going to finish with the division preview in terms of the play or the, the teams themselves, and we're going to get into how they're going to finish now. All right, well, first and foremost, before I give my opinion on how things are going to go, I'm going to mention there is a poll on the sportstuff.com. Click on the TSS Boards button, sign up, then go to the podcast section to Purple Mafia and vote on the poll where I ask who will win the division. Um, of course, it's Minnesota, Green Bay, Chicago, or Detroit. And uh, make your vote, and please give your opinion. It is much, much appreciated if you will give your opinion. It will be read on air, as I'm going to also get into the previous poll here in a second. Um, As unfortunately, nobody voted on the poll. I I asked, uh, how would you rate Favre's performance against Houston? And nobody voted, because I guess... People want to give us a comment. Mavs fan, Darren, Mavs fan comes up with saying, who cares, it's preseason, and of course, I disagree. I disagree on that. I understand it's the preseason, but uh, I'm not trying to uh, be rude or show anybody up, but I, I don't want to upset you, Mavs, Mavs fan, but as I said in the post, if that was DeVaris Jackson, you would have said he's going to have a really, you know, he's going to the Pro Bowl, and he's he's as good as you expected. You know, you, that you were right about Tavares. So, I'm just saying, be be careful what you say, all right? You know, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to get too upset about it because, you know, I, I, I don't need to. I mean, I know you're not upset at me for bringing up Favre either. So, we'll just leave it at that. You know, we'll just be, we'll just be men about it when it comes to that. Farzine now hops in saying, but Tavares is awesome. When he comes into my comment, how huh? <laughs> Tavares would be going to the Pro Bowl if that was Jackson did it and, uh, Farzine, host of the Chiefs Zone, Kansas City Chiefs show, major, major show on this website, major show on the sportsstuff.com and iTunes. Do check it out, of course. 
I'll always kind of have a, a soft spot for the Kansas City Chiefs for because, you know, Farzine helped me get on the sportsstuff.com, and I've always quietly kind of liked the Chiefs going back to the Joe Montana era. So just like how Farzine says that uh, on his recent show and on other shows that Montana is what got him becoming a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. So it makes sense, right? I mean, who can't be a fan of Joe Montana? If, if you don't like Joe Montana, I don't know. I don't know how you like football all too much. All right, let's get to Farzine's comment before I ramble too much. He says, Favre did pretty well in his first real game, and I used real since he played more in this game after staying away from the NFL practices all offseason. Hopefully he can, can keep this up to keep the Vikings a contender, not only in the division, but in the conference as well. The NFC North and the NFC overall should be fun to watch this year, and I agree. I think it's going to be a big season for the Vikings. I think it's going to be a very interesting season. I'll get into that here at the close. Now, Dylan Richardson, Chicago Bears fan and executive producer of thesportstuff.com and host of NFL East to West, as I mentioned, he had me on. As we're going to get into this right here with what he posted, he I was his co-host on episode number four of NFL East to West, and uh, Dylan Richardson picked the Minnesota Vikings to win the Super Bowl this year, not to just win the NFC North, not just the NFC Conference, but the Super Bowl, folks. Yes, the Super Bowl. And he not only had us beating a good team in the Super Bowl, he had us beating the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's, yep, to me, like I said last show, when you get the blessing of a Bears fan over a team like the New England Patriots, that's a that's a good sign. So hopefully, hopefully it's not just, uh, hopefully he's not just kind of having an early urge here and it'll change by about week three here because things start going awry. But, all right, Dylan Richardson's comment. After watching tonight's game, it just reinforces my prediction on episode number four of NFL East to West. You all know I'm a Bears fan, but the Vikings are on their way. I know it's preseason, but the Texans are an up-and-coming defense. Hmm, I'll I'll get to that in a sec. (laughs) This game would... Would have been a blowout real easy if it was a regular season game. Brett is exactly what the doctor ordered for the Vikes. It's going to be a good season for you Viking fans. And I really appreciate that, Dylan. I really, 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 really appreciate that. That was definitely awesome thought there. And I agree that there's more to Brett's performance than it's just a preseason game. It shows that Brett Favre is sharp, and he, he is Brett Favre still. He's still got some Brett Favre in him yet. He's not, he's not Wade Wilson. All right, so a lot of you out there that think he's, you know, past his prime and going to kill us, I, I disagree. One quick thing, though, and I'm, I'm not trying to be a, I'm, I, I just, one thing I, I, I don't completely agree with, I don't know about the Texans being an up-and-coming defense. They're, I don't know about their defense. It's, it was, it was kind of what kept them out of the postseason last year, so that's my little argument to that comment. But, yeah, Mario Williams is a stud. You know, even though you could argue both Mario Williams and Reggie Bush or it would have been a bust for the number one overall pick. Yeah, I said it right here on the air. I mean, obviously, I don't think too many people would agree that Reggie Bush has been a bust so far other than on special teams. I mean, he he's a Herschel Walker. Reggie Bush is a Herschel Walker. He's just a good returner. He's not a good running back. Done. End of conversation. There, I said it on air. Thank you and good night. No, anyhow, <laughs> not quite good night yet. Uh, I make another comment there, and uh, 
uh, Mavs fan responds to me saying he's not he's not moody about Favre being being here. I know he gives us the best chance to win. The truth of the matter is the preseason any indication of how a player will perform in the regular season. I am one of the most optimistic Viking fans you will ever meet. I, however, reserve my judgments and observations for play that actually matters. I understand. It's just, to me, it's just, to me, I think it does matter that Brett Favre came out and showed some of that swagger, that he's not rough and out of control. And um, I guess you never know. Heck, the 2001 Minnesota Vikings looked like they were going to go to the Super Bowl. Because you remember what how the 2000 Vikings made it to the conference finals and got upset big time in New York, 41 to nothing. And uh, it looked like the Vikings were going to come back and go to the Super Bowl the next year, and they were 5-11. Uh, five, five and 11. And Dennis Green got fired. Culpepper was terrible. Moss was uh, problematic. Carter was problematic. And you know the rest. Just it was a joke. Complete joke. So, um... But um, let's just say I was encouraged by it. I'm not saying Favre is, you know, it's kumbaya. It's exactly what's going to happen. And, heck, Brett Favre wasn't exactly the reason Chester Taylor got into the end zone. You know, Chester Taylor had to make the moves to get there. So, yeah. It, you know, it just showed that things are there. That the, the, the uh, to me, it showed the sharpness is, is there. And he's not just totally rusty and going to kill us this year. So, that's my argument. It's not much of one on either side, you know, we're both, you know, there, there's not much of a big argument here. It's just kind of a casual football conversation in the end, which is good. Cooler's, cooler has prevailed in the end. So that's the end of that. I do want you to vote on the poll. It would be much, much appreciated, as mentioned, as uh, we need you to get onto those message boards, sign up, and vote on the poll this time. It looks like a lot of you are bored of the preseason. Now it's time for some regular season talk. And do call in again to the number 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877 is the voicemail line. You'll be welcomed happily onto the air. And yes, Mavs fan, do call in. Sure, do call in. You know, you'll be more than welcome on the air. Um, we'll have a nice civil conversation about our favorite football team. And that's what matters most. Uh, Dylan, hey, Dylan, Farzine, any of you in... Uh, I know there's hundreds of listeners out there, and please, come on, at least two or three of you call in. Don't be shy, just just call in. There's nothing wrong with that. It, it takes three seconds out of your life. Come on, just just do it. So, Also, please rate me on iTunes. And even if you give me a low rating, bring it on. I'm not afraid of you. <laughs> bring it on. Let's see what you got. All right. <laughs> I'd appreciate high ratings, though, if, if, if you're a... Uh, uh, as a fan of the show, give me the high rating. I mean, I <laughs> the more the merrier. I would love to have that. All right. Enough of that and enough of the show today. I want to thank you all for listening, and let's get ready for the number four, some football. Sunday, Cleveland Browns, Eric Mangini, Minnesota Vikings, Brett Favre goes against his old coach, and uh, you, know how the, you know that they planned it that way, that they knew Brett Favre was going to come here. They had a pretty good idea he might come here. And that, uh, yeah, going against his old, old coach is a sexy thing to get things going. Even though it's not that great of a team, it's a nice tune-up for Brett Favre to go kick Cleveland's butt a little bit early in the year, hopefully. So, uh, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully he won't start his Viking career like Warren Moon did. First pass to Cadre Ishmael, off his chest, intercepted. So, uh, Bernard Berrien, no drops. Hang on to the stupid football and don't cough up an interception to somebody, all right? Thank you. 
All right. Have a good uh, couple days here. We'll get into some NFL football. I'll probably have a show Sunday afternoon or evening. Probably, well, evening-ish. I'll probably have reviewing the first game of the, of the regular season. The regular season. And until then, we will sit and wait and uh, sweat it out until it's time for some real football. Take care. Talk to you soon. <laughs>